Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories. It's a bonus episode. Hey, my name is Brian, and uh, I'm. we're going to do this bonus episode a little bit differently. So a <laughs> couple things. One, uh, we recently put up an episode about Van Halen and immediately got the response that I knew we would get. First, I got the response that I knew I would get from Murdoch, which is he loves to talk about Van Halen. So that was a good time. And I kept the tape running, uh, or actually started the tape early. And so there are outtakes from that episode of Murdoch just talking about Van Halen, like off the cuff. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to tack on basically total outtakes of what it's like on the, in the studio before we actually start an episode. So a lot of times Murdoch doesn't really know until we start an episode, like what we're going to talk about, but I had warned him about Van Halen. I wanted to put him at ease. He'd had a few weeks off. Didn't want him to think he was walking into anything difficult. So I had told him that. So as soon as we got together, he was just talking about how excited he was. And I already had the recorder running. And so I told him, I'm just going to, let's just put that up later at another time because people really love it when you geek out. And he clearly geeks out. And then we both sort of geek out. So you'll get to hear some of that. Uh, it's a real glimpse into our friendship. Uh, also, I thought while I was here, though, I would uh, answer a few uh, emails. Thank you for all the all the mail you are sending us. Uh, it's great. It's a little overwhelming. I would love hearing from you. Uh, we will either answer the stuff here, or try to try to shoot you a note back. Um, if we're not going to answer it here on the show at some point, but I just thought we would go through a few of these letters and uh, shout out to folks who have shouted out to us because it's uh, obviously you're the reason we keep making this show. Uh, we got a note from Jeff, and Jeff, this is specifically about Van Halen, so let's start here. Um, Jeff says, hey, just heard episode 91. As a kid, I'd always heard that Eddie, Eddie Van Halen, had started off playing drums, and Alex started off playing guitar, and then they switched instruments. Is that true? It sounds nuts, 100% true. And I, I sent Jeff a note to apologize that that wasn't in the initial episode, and it just proves how much there is to talk about with Van Halen. Because you, you could almost talk about that for 20 minutes. Um, just this idea that these two brothers uh, both... So here's here's the story. So the story is their dad tries to get them on like classical instruments, and at one point they learn piano, and they learn piano from this Russian guy who was like a big deal in Russia. And they, I, they sort of figure this out later in life, that he was like a really big deal. So they're classically trained in piano at a really young age, like elementary school age. And then they keep insisting sort of to their parents, who are very middle class, or lower middle class really, maybe even lower class, that they want to take on other instruments. And their dad, I mean, it's it's an open thing. Eddie talked about, Eddie and Alex both talked about how their dad was an alcoholic and struggled with that. But there was a lot of love in that family, and he loved that the boys loved music because he loved music, right? We talked about this on the episode. So at some point, he comes to them. I think they're probably 10-ish in that range, 8, 10, whatever, and uh, he's like, fine, we're going to put some money aside and get you guys what you want. So they go to a music store, and he lays down, I think he sells some stuff, and is able to get them a drum set for Eddie and a guitar for Alex, because that's what they choose. Now, when they get home, they start to realize independently that they like the other thing. And so, if you read about it, it's like they're sneaking into each other's rooms 
to to get on the other instrument when the other one is not around. And they slowly start to realize they have an affinity for the opposite instrument. I mean, Alex has been on the record in interviews to say that he just could never get his hands very fast. And he got the basic thing, he got the chords, but he just didn't feel like he had the aptitude to really move on the guitar. And then he got sort of interested in banging around on the drums, and naturally they both sort of went the other way. And it's one of those things that, like, I'm sure in the moment they didn't even really think about it, and it's not that interesting until they become one of the like one of the greatest guitar players of all time and a really stand up drummer right when you become the top of your field and you actually were going to do the opposite uh it's a it's a pretty noteworthy story so yeah jeff great point sorry we didn't bring that up on the initial episode that's a really cool um background note on the guys in van halen they were originally gonna play opposite instruments i love that um Again, we are the story guys at gmail.com if you want to send us a note like Will. Will sent us, I love this note. The energy with which it is written makes me very happy. What's up, boys? I absolutely love your show. I'm a huge fan of rock and roll and its history, and your show is exactly what I needed. You both make me laugh, offer amazing entertainment. I'm an elementary school principal and listen to your podcast every day on my hour commute back and forth. First of all, you're shaping young minds, and we're influencing your headspace on the way. I don't know if that's good or bad, but I'll take it. Uh, kudos to you. And also, shouts to elementary school principals, man. And thanks for being a cool one. Um, okay, so he has like several requests. Here's one. I really need to hear more about Brian's Fountains of Wayne weird porn story. <laughs> so here's the problem with having done like 100 episodes. I can't remember when I told that story, Will, so I don't remember what version of that story you've heard. And here's why I'm confused, because I know semi-recently I told a really elongated version of this story, but I don't. I guess it wasn't on this podcast, if you don't know all the details. I, I guess it was just to a friend. I, told, I really unwrapped this story. And so I'll, I'll do my best here, and I apologize if this is the version, of, or not the version of the story, because there's only one version of the story, but if this is the amount of detail that I used last time. But I'm thinking because you're asking about it that I must not have really gone into it deeply. I mean, the story is this. I was in radio. I was working with a guy who was just a radio lifer, and I mean, he was pretty socially awkward. I'm just going to be honest. And he actually was in a ranking position at the radio station where he got to sort of work with the record labels and stuff. But he was really young. He was younger than me at the time, and I was 22, 23, really young, right? So he's like, I'm not even sure he was 21. We are in this small market in Arkansas. But we get this opportunity. It's the Matchbox 20 tour for the... I don't even know what record they were touring at this point. But it's early 2000s, and Fountains of Wayne, Stacy's mom, is huge. And Fountains of Wayne gets this opening gig for Matchbox 20, which... Founds of Wayne, if you know anything about them, like an indie rock band, sort of, indie rock pop band. And they definitely thought they were cool over the Matchbox 20, probably because they are. But it's, this is just how it worked, right? They were like on the right label or whatever, and they get this deal, and it's going to be good exposure for them. So they play on the front end of this tour. So because of them being on the tour, the label gave us tickets. And the guy that I was working with is like, hey, do you want to go with me? It was like nothing came to our market because we were in a small market, so we had to go like two hours. Do you want to go two hours with me to see this show? It was on a college campus. 
and we'll meet Fountains of Wayne. I'm like, okay, sure, that sounds awesome. I I liked Fountains of Wayne sort of before they before Stacy's mom and stuff. I was somewhat familiar with them, so it's like, yeah, this is really cool. So we go and they they like let us on the bus begrudgingly. Like the record guy, I don't even think is there, but somehow it's like translated to the band. The road manager has to come like let us on the bus because it's the thing you got to do for radio people. And when we get on the bus, they're all sort of like, what are you kids doing on this bus? They let us stay on. And Jody, the guitar player, like we walk in and he's on this side of the bus showing off this pornographic picture to like a whole group of people. Like in my mind, I remember it as being like seven people or something. I don't even know who these people were. I think some of them were like friends. I remember there being women. There was like maybe other members of the band. And so I don't know. I mean, look, we don't know what they're looking at. So we walk up and walk behind them. And I'm like, oh my God. And I'm a preacher's kid. Hadn't seen much in this arena before. And it was pretty aggressive. Now I'm not going to describe it because it's not the kind of show this is. So Will, I will tell you because I, I appreciate the joke here. He asked me if it was a MILF porn um, because of Stacy's mom. No, not how I would qualify it. I will just say it involved animals, and it was weird. So, this what then happens is that like we're looking for an escape right off the bus because these guys don't want to hang out with us, and it's awkward. And so the lead singer Chris comes out and is like, "Hey, do you want to go in the venue with me or whatever?" And we're like, "Sure." So he like walks us in the back of the venue and in through like catering and all this stuff. So it's like sort of cool and out to the floor and I, the show is going on and I can't remember if we must, we must have gone out while matchbox was on. That's all I can remember. It must be after the set because there's something happening. Like there's a band on stage. And I think it was just the two of them. So they walk us in into the main floor and our seats were bad. They were like way up, but we're on the main floor and he like walks us like he's going to walk us all the way up to the stage. And then all of a sudden, we're sort of like looking around and I realize that Chris is running away from us, like running through the venue to get away from us. And so we're standing there and as soon as and we're just standing in the middle of the floor and it's like immediately security's on us and is like, Hey, where are your tickets? And we're like, um, we're with the guy from fountains of Wayne. And I like look up and I see at this point, he's made it to the second level and he's like booking out of a side exit. <laughs> it was so embarrassing, man. So we went back to our seats and watched matchbox 20 and then we drove home. So yeah, that's, that's all I got for you there. Will, uh, what, what else did you ask? Um, I I've read Anthony Kiedis's and Nikki Six's biographies and there's so much rock and roll debauchery. I would love to hear you guys speak on those. So, you know Murdoch is the Nikki Six guy, so he can help us there. And I have been interested in Scar Tissue, but I have not read it. So I'll tell you what. I'll read Scar Tissue. So this is going to take a bit, but we'll circle back to that. Um, and then, this also makes me laugh. Will says, thank you for introducing me to Scott Stapp's Marlins theme song. I have not stopped laughing at that ridiculousness since you brought it to my attention. Love you guys. Keep telling stories. Will. Will. Love you too, man. That was a nice note and it made my week. I appreciate hearing from you. Thank you so much for taking the time and thank you for molding young minds. Uh, just maybe don't play them the Marlins theme song. Uh, let's see, what else? Diane wrote the show. 
Diane, what's up? Uh, thanks for the fun. I've been listening for a couple months. All the stories are great. Okay, so I don't know your names. This is just like stream of consciousness. I, I appreciate the way Diane writes emails. Uh, well, I know who Murdoch is now, but not the other guy. So I think she's talking to me. The other guy's who I have a question about. <laughs> I, I want to read the emails that Diane sends at work. I'm just so interested in this. Okay. Uh, I don't know who left the meatloaf in the refrigerator, but actually I think it might be Paul. Um, okay. The other guy is who I have a question about. Did you slash he, she's talking to me. My name's Brian, by the way, Diane. Thank you. Uh, did, did you work in the Detroit market in the nineties on 97.1? I think it was a talk radio station. Um, no, I didn't. I, I Sorry to report. Uh, my career did not start in the 90s. Murdoch's did. Mine was a little bit later. I started in the early 2000s. So I, do n- I did not, and I have not worked in Detroit. I have a great friend from Detroit, um, but I don't think that's who you're confusing me with me me with either. Um, but no, I appreciate the question, and I would like to hear this man with golden pipes, because if he sounds like me, he must be quite the public speaker. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, also, uh, she just throws this in too. Also, you did a story about Paul is dead and said that KNR was in Cincinnati. That was Detroit. Somebody probably already corrected that error. I apologize if I said that. Um, I don't rem- I do remember that Paul is dead is sort of a Detroit thing. So if I said it was in Cincinnati, I, I might, I might be wrong. I'll have to go back and look, but I, Diane, I'm so glad you're listening and I really appreciate you writing and I'm teasing you a little bit about this email, but I like, I actually am very appreciative that you wrote it. Thank you so much for listening to the show and taking the time to write us. Um, and I'm sorry that I did not work in Detroit in the nineties. Clearly you live in Detroit and I would love to hear, actually, let's see, what have we done about Detroit? So we talked about Iggy pop. We've not done an MC five episode. Maybe we should. Um, you know, I'm sure we could do something about Eminem if we wanted, what are we missing? Uh, in Detroit, Diane. Write us back. Tell us what we're missing in Detroit. We'll look into it. All right. Anything else in the inbox we need to cover today? Oh, Randy. This is great. Guys, every Wednesday on my two-hour drive, I'm excited to hear your newest show. I was overly excited when I saw that you were doing the Tommy James episode. Now, a little backstory about Randy. Randy is the guy who wrote us and said to look into Tommy James. Uh, he also, I think, sent a copy of that book to the show. I'm not even sure I mentioned this when we did that episode. So Randy's an old school fan, man, because it took me a long time to get to the Tommy James story. So he's been listening and holding out for the Tommy James episode. So Randy, we're ex- incredibly thankful for you, man. It looks like you're you're uh, listening in Ohio. Shouts to Ohio. We appreciate that. Um I was overly excited when I saw that it was Tommy James. You did a great job breaking it down with so much material to cover. Thanks for the mentions, even though I'm the only one who knew who you were talking about. No, now everybody knows you were the one I was talking about. I'm going to every platform you're on and leaving reviews. Keep up the great work. Shouts to Randy. I like your work ethic. Please. Uh, and speaking of reviews, you can leave one too. We really, It really does go a long way for us, and we really appreciate it when you're able to do that. If you just leave a few nice words at wherever you um, get the show from, just helps other people find it, gives it some credibility, et cetera, et cetera. Let's see. Where, what, are, what are some reviews here that we've gotten recently? Um, let's see here. 
this show rules. Hosts are funny. Stories are fascinating. Keep it up. Thank you, Johnny Brisket. It's also a great, great name. Uh, I love this one. Too entertaining for bedtime. Five stars. I was looking for a podcast to help me drift off to sleep. This isn't it. They keep me awake because these guys are funny and the stories are interesting. So now I listen when I'm cleaning the kitchen or doing something like that. Good vibes. Gin1860. Uh, shouts. I do the same thing with podcasting. Lots of kitchen time with, with podcasts. Bike time. Workout time. So I hear you. Yeah, no. It is funny. I never thought of it until you wrote this review. That somebody might be looking in the in the store for like literal bedtime stories, and then think like, "Oh, cool! These guys are going to tell bedtime stories." That is not actually what we're doing. So I apologize for being misleading in the title, but I'm so excited that you uh, didn't get mad and disgruntled, and instead you uh, embraced the silliness and are, are now a fan, and you're taking time to write a note. So really, really appreciative of that. Again. All this feedback is great. We really appreciate you. We really love this back and forth that we're able to have with you. So please write the show. We are the story guys at gmail.com. Leave us reviews. Uh, hit the Facebook page. We're not super active, but we do monitor it there and put up some stuff from time to time about um, you know different show notes and things that we're doing. And you can check us out. We still have the Patreon page. If you're up for supporting um, this work, we do appreciate that. You can do that at patreon.com slash rock and roll bedtime stories. All right, and with that, I'm going to end this bonus episode with this just chunk of audio, uh, an audio outtake from episode 91 before we were recording of Murdoch and I just talking about Van Halen. Just this is what we do, man. <laughs> Thank you so much. And remember, keep telling stories. Completely blow all of my Van Halen load in case there's more Van Halen. So that's an interesting question I to, because I wanted to ask. Yeah. So I have, I'm real deep in the Van Halen right now and there's a million things we could do. So are you getting, are you getting into Eddie? Are you getting into the, yeah, so I just music. read, I just read eruption, the, the conversations with Eddie Van Halen, like the whole book where the guys from guitar world put all their interviews throughout his entire life in one compendium. So, but like, okay, awesome. Awesome. So that, no, th- I mean, that thing's I'm, great. Have you, um, have you listened? Like, is there something that that the music draws you to? Like, no. So a actually, period. What's really interesting about this is I don't particularly care for them musically, and so right. I find so you don't it, like them. I find it a hundred times more. I almost find it more interesting because I do not have an emotional connection to the music. So it's like it. It's like a really interesting research project, as opposed to me like having some sort of feeling about the output, I can sort of just be agnostic and just appreciate it as a pop cultural phenomenon. So like, I, I don't mean it as an insult when I say that I don't particularly right. care for them. I really don't like the early stuff. I actually like some of it in three, which I know I'm not supposed to, but yeah, there's, right. there's like, and I definitely am more Hagar than Roth, like and, especially and early. And some, Oh yeah. And some of that, some of those Van Hagar songs are fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. first record, oh, you eight one two was great, and the one with dr- like dreams is like a just a brilliant, underrated, amazing rock song with keyboards. Like, and that's 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 Eddie Van Halen doing beautiful guitar work with his fingertips on a keyboard. Did I did makes, I send you the link to the? I forget who I was texting the night that I got stuck watching this. I got really into watching this show from Dallas in 91 when they played like in a street. It was basically like four street live sort of thing. And have you seen this? It's Hagar. And at one point he climbs, he climbs up the speaker stack and sort of gets stuck. 
and uh yeah dude it's so badass and they do and yeah it's just they're just like playing in the middle of a fucking street and it's like was a vhs or something at some point so do i do i not blow my whole load like i mean i've got i I have a personal connection with the band and also i saw the roth hagar double headliner tour when did they do that so that had to be 2001, 2000, no, 2002, 2003, I'm thinking. And we saw the night where Hagar was the headliner. I, yeah, they did it. That's it weird because in, the, in all the stuff I've read over the past several weeks, like that's never come up that that actually happened. So there was talk before he died that there was going to be an everybody who's ever been in Van Halen tour. Like oh. after, like after, not not like the high school version, but like the from Roth on. So there was they were going to take Hagar, Roth, Wolfgang, Anthony, and they were all going to go on the road. That was like pretty much going to happen because Irving Azoff was involved. Oh wow! And Irving Azoff called Michael Anthony and said, "Hey, do you want to do this? Would you be willing to do it?" And then it all fell apart because Eddie's health got so bad again. Oh, uh, who who let up on Michael Anthony though? Because Eddie said some really nasty things about him. Arguably the best singer ever in Van Halen, Michael Anthony. Michael Anthony is the best singer in Van Halen. <laughs> right. <laughs> For sure. Right? Are you with me? Yeah. Look oh, at yeah, there, Brian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah so yeah, the yeah. best singer ever in that band got kicked out of that band, and then they talk shit about, like, Eddie talks shit about how he taught him how to play and crap. Yeah. Uh, but, like, that, the you whole... Have, you have, so here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. So we don't get distracted so, so we can actually record so I this. Don't, and so I don't blow my load. And then I have to tell I've, – I've got a dance dance the night away story I'll tell from just this weekend, which Okay, is great. So this is uh, – this may just be outtakes that we put up later. <laughs> we may just – I'll leave that because the recorder's been running. So I'll just be like, this is us geeking out about Van Halen off the mic. Um, but what we're going to talk about today is, is early because – it's before before they got signed and Gene was yeah, involved. So we're talking we're talking early, early, early Van Halen. So all yeah. the fun stuff that comes later and all the dysfunction and all the all the dude, did you know Okay, since this might be an outtake. This may be a future episode. I haven't done a lot of research on this. My Google history uh, my Google search history is questionable as it is. But did you know that Eddie Van Halen is one of the only formidable rock and rollers to ever under his own name write a soundtrack to a pornographic film yes <laughs> it's just some just another side note in eddie van halen's yeah. life that he was like yeah you know what i want to do i want to i want to do the soundtrack to this movie um, okay yeah. hold on just a second i'm gonna kill this and we're gonna tag this to the end yeah. of something later if people want to have fun with it i mean for me i have a they were my favorite band at one point Easy. Oh, I know. So I yeah. Just hold on. 